This is Pastor Cody Sturgill. I'm so thankful you're listening today. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence. Keeping your heart is a daily work. We need to daily fill our minds with God's Word. Join me as we hear a Bible message from the pulpit of Chilhowee Baptist Church. covered with the waves, but he was asleep. The storm was real. The Bible makes it very plain. Behold, there arose a great tempest. There's no exaggeration there. It was a great tempest. The storm was real. It was difficult. It was scary. It was life-threatening. The storm was real. The Bible says, in verse 24, Behold, there was a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered. Now, I found this so fascinating. In Matthew chapter number 8, the Bible says that the ship was covered. In Luke's account of this, he says the ship was full. In Mark's account of this, he says the ship was full. I don't know about you, but when you fill a boat up with water, what happens? It sinks. It sinks. And so we're here on the sea, and the boat is full of water. What should it do? Sink. That's right. What is it doing? It's floating. It's floating. Folks, I want you to know something about our God. The storm that you're in right now, it may feel like you are on a sinking ship. But my Savior and my God is in the business of floating unfloatable boats. And your situation may be dark and desperate and empty and scary. And from the world's perspective, it may be something that cannot possibly withstand one more wave. It can't even stand one more little gust of wind. My boat's full. I want you to know something. Jesus is in the business of holding those boats up. And I want to encourage you to do something. Do not look around you at the storm. Look to the power and blessing of God. Because God can float your sinking ship. And God can help you through your storm. The ship was covered. The ship was full. Yet he was asleep. Look what the Bible says. In verse number 24, the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Now, there's a few ways to respond to this. There's the carnal Christian way to respond to this. I'm on the boat. The storm is raging. I'm a disciple. And Jesus is right there in the front. As far as the disciples do, the only person on the boat that could do anything about this storm, there's Jesus, and he's asleep. And they look at each other and they're like, I can't believe it. He's asleep. I mean, we're about to die and he's asleep. Our whole world's crashing around us and he's asleep. What's he thinking? He's asleep. Now, that's the carnal Christian way to look at it. Here is the spiritual, godly way to look at it. I'm in the storm. feels like we're going to die. 
It smells like we're going to die. The water's deep. I'm pretty sure we're going to die. Jesus isn't worried about it, so I don't think I will be either. Look to Jesus. I'll tell you something about my trip from Peru to Atlanta. That little girl was screaming at the top of her lungs, we're all going to die. And I'd be lying if I told you it didn't unnerve me just a little bit. (laughs) So you know what I did? I couldn't see the pilot because the pilot was behind closed doors, you know, terrorists and all that. But I could see somebody that flew on airplanes a whole lot, the stewardess. You know what I did? I buckled in. I sat in in my seat. And every time the little girl screamed and I started to get a little unnerved, you know what I did? I watched the stewardess. I said, as long as she doesn't have a grimace of terror on her face, I won't either. As long as she's sitting there relaxed and calm, I will remain that way. I thought as long as she's not picking up the phone, calling her children and crying and stuff, I'm going to be fine too. You know what I did? I sat in the plane. The air was rough. The little girl screaming. But I kept my eyes on the stewardess because I knew she had a lot of experience. And I knew she would know if something was really bad about to happen. I just kept my eyes fixed on her. As long as she was calm, I was too. Guess what happened? We landed safe and sound. We survived. I kept my eyes on her. Now look, here's what the Bible teaches us. Now all of us have this tendency. The storm's raging. Everything's awful. And we're like, fix this now. I'm dying. Do you not know I'm dying? Of course he knows that you're struggling and the storm is real. But I want you, when you're dealing with a storm, I want you to stop criticizing Jesus for allowing you to be in the storm and look at Jesus and see how he is responding to your storm. Do you think Jesus is worried that you don't have enough money in your check account to pay the bills for the rest of the week? No. He's not worried about that because he's promised he'll take care of you and help you. Do you think Jesus is worried about the storm? Do you think that your burden and your storm and your great concern is something that has got Jesus wringing his hands? No. Look to Christ. Rest in him. Trust the Lord. And let the storm teach you some lessons of the faithfulness of God. He'll prove himself over and over again. He's faithful. Look to Jesus. I can't help but believe that that's the kind of picture that came to mind as God inspired his Bible penman to write, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. He said, hey, I get concerned when I look at everything going on around me, but when I look to Jesus, he's got this under control. He's got this under control. Have faith in the power of God. He was asleep. Look what else the Bible says in verse number 26. He saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, 
and there was a great calm. Have faith in the power of God. I, I love this about this passage of Scripture. What does Jesus rebuke? What's he rebuke first? The, the disciples, that's right. What's he rebuke next? The winds. What's he rebuke next? The sea. So he rebukes the disciples. And he rebukes the wind. And then he rebukes the sea. That's very important. You see, he rebuked the winds because it was the winds that had caused the waves. What makes waves? Big waves are created by big winds. What caused this big mess? It was the winds. So Jesus says from the boat, he says, whatever he said, he rebuked the wind. He rebuked the cause of the storm. The wind stopped. What happens in the sea when the wind stops? Even if the, wind, if the sea is rolling. I mean, you've got these giant waves. And the wind just all of a sudden, boom, it stops. What happens to the sea? It keeps, it keeps going, right? It takes a while for that to settle down. You see, the cause of the waves was the wind. The effect of the wind was the waves. And God says, hey, I'm going to rebuke the cause and the effect. Now here's where you are today. and Here's where we get. We think, I have made such an awful mess with my life. And I've created this awful storm that if God forgave me right now. And if I got my heart right with God right now. That irregardless of what God did in my life today. The waves are going to keep crashing for the rest of my life. There's no hope for me. Have faith in the power of God. Because God was complete in his reprimand. He said, hey, wind, stop it. Cause. He said, hey, waves, stop it. Effect. Listen, Jesus is able to overcome both the cause and the effect of your storm. I'm encouraged by that. He's able to clean up miraculously the messes that I've made. Now look, when you sin, there's consequences. It's real. It's true. But I'll just have you know something. Don't let a mess that you've made keep you from getting right with God today because you think, there's nothing I can do about everything that's going to follow. Have faith in the power of God. You see, God rebuked the winds and the waves. Have faith in the power of God. Number three, have faith in the purpose of God. Have faith in the purpose of God. God had a purpose in these storms. It was with cause and with reason. You know that this night in a ship, in a storm, was something that strengthened the disciples for years to come. He had a purpose. The purpose of this storm, number one, can give us confidence in God's word. What was the purpose of this storm? Look at the Bible says in verse 18. Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart on the other side. What did Jesus say we're going to do? We're getting the boat, we're going to go to the other side. Had the disciples remembered the word of God, they could have rested in the storm. If we are to remember and will remember the word of God, we can rest in the storm. My God will never leave me nor forsake me. But my God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. 
God's faithful. God's with me. God is here. Jesus loves me. We've got promise after promise after promise after promise. And if we'll go to God's word in our storms, then we can rest in the storm. These disciples had to worry about dying on the sea because Jesus had already given his word that we're going to the other side. And the storm has a purpose. The purpose of this storm was to give them confidence in God's word. Have faith in the purpose of the storm. Here's another purpose. Jesus rebuked in verse 26, first and foremost, the disciples. I mean, the the boat is still rocking. The waves are high and the wind is awful. The storm is real. And Jesus says, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? What was Jesus' purpose? His purpose was to calm the disciples in the storm and then calm the storm. I want you to know something. If you're waiting for things to get normal, if you think and say to yourself, I just can't wait for things to get normal, I'd about guarantee you you're normal right now. If normal, if, if you have to get up earlier than you want to and work harder than you'd like to, and you feel worse than you thought you would, and it hurts a little more than you ever thought it might, and People aren't nice and things are tight and tough. If that's where you are, yearning for normal, surprise, you got it. You got normal. You got normal. I want you to know something. People waste their lives, their entire lives, waiting on something to happen in order that they might have peace in their hearts. You know what I found out? If you don't have peace in your heart now, you'll not have peace in your heart when that happens. Because when you get to that place where that happens, you're going to be yearning and anxious and wanting something else. Thank you for listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. Keep Thy Heart Daily is a ministry of Chilhowee Baptist Church in Chilhowee, Virginia. To learn more about the ministries of Chilhowee Baptist Church, check us out at chilhoweebaptistchurch.com. If you'd like to financially support Keep Thy Heart Daily, please send your gift to Chilhowee Baptist Church, P.O. Box 838, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319.